episode 24. Hey, late's better than never, right? I know that it's July 20th, and that's uh, when this is released, and technically it was supposed to be released two weeks ago on the 6th. I am a total slacker, so I apologize very much, but honestly, some life things got in the way, and I had to just uh, prioritize differently. My guest today is a friend, a person who I've met through the radio business, even though he is an artist, a graphic designer, he is a photographer, his name is Josh Rowan, and he is amazing. He has done so much graphic work for St. Louis businesses, um, and we kind of go into that. I won't spoil it for you, but you have probably purchased something with Josh's brains on it because he has just lent his artistic designs and his eyes to so many companies around St. Louis, and I, I find him very intriguing. He's also done some work with me in the past for the Riverfront Time. He helped do artistic direction for a cover uh, that I was on, which was really fun way back when. And so over time, we've gotten to know each other, and I'm just so happy to call him a friend. We have such a story to tell today. This interview was interesting because we talk about Josh traveling the United States, living in a van, and taking photography of not just uh, the border of the southern states, but he has gone uh, to the depths of snowy roads in the middle of nowhere of Alaska. He has traveled the world to see things as they should be seen from a, a perspective of the unknown. And I just, I don't know, I, I kind of have a little bit of wanderlust listening to him talk about how much he has captured over the years of his life. So if you are somebody who loves photography, maybe you yourself have always had a wandering heart. You've uh, wanted to possibly follow culture or just follow a road and see where it leads and pick up things like rocks and take them back home, wherever home base is for you. You'll enjoy this story as well. I will also give you a trigger warning. Uh, there is some political talk in this, but I swear to God, it comes from a place of deep uh, love for humanity as a whole and empathy for other cultures than just our own here in the United States. So please go into this episode with an open mind and heart and enjoy the artistic developments of my good friend, Josh Rowan. <laughs> It's good to see you. You just got back in town. I did. Where were you? Oh, in 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 the wonderful higher altitudes of of the western Rocky Mountains, mm. mostly western Colorado and Utah, high altitudes. How's that for you? Well, uh, it's wonderful because it means like forty degree nights and seventy degree days. Yeah. It was a it was a it was a bitter pill coming down the mountain <laughs> and Literally. trekking across Kansas. To come back here for the 4th of July. Now, you were in a van? Uh, yeah. Is this I'm, the same van, van you've toured with before? This is my third van. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you buy that? This is interesting because do you buy them pre-owned and you just wear them out? Or do you buy them brand new and wear them out? Uh, this is my first brand new one that I'm well on the way to wearing out. Good for you. <laughs> I, I've blown up one. Oh, my God. Um, luckily, I sold... My second one right before it blew up, mm -hmm. it was somebody else's bad luck. They got about a year out of it. Mm. It really was in good condition. They they were pretty rough on were it, they? too. But, um, do but you yeah. live in the van when you go, or how do you van? Oh, I, I have I have to live in it. I mean, it's I mean that's that's one of the reasons why you can do this. I mean, like, look, 
if you cut out hotel expenses, mm-hmm. like there's really not much extra added to these trips other than the gas. Like if you can budget your gas money to get around right. and you know, like most of the nights, I'm going to be staying in this van, <laughs> taking showers at Rest truck stops? stops, lakes, yeah, um, whatever you can get away with. You know, maybe a hotel once a week or something like that. Yeah, when you really want to splurge. Yeah, yep. when you really want to splurge and you need that yes. genuine AC and a couple of channels on a television. I'm so jealous of this van, this vanning that's happening with photography. I think that that's so special. It's a, uh, yeah, it's an epidemic. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, there's there's a lot of people out there kind of embracing this lifestyle. People figuring out that if they have jobs that they were working from home, you know, it, it it's not too much of a leap. Right. You know, to move into a situation like that and, and get things done from the road as right. long as you have an internet connection. Exactly. I, I wondered some, you know, some of this time through COVID where people were figuring out how to work from home. Yeah. Um, Which. If, if it would just like adapt into, you know, maybe seeing more people, into, you know, enjoying this kind of lifestyle. I, I think I don't it know. has. The, the stats that I see are, <laughs> well, especially from like a like a um, conglomerate business perspective. I mean, there was a study that came out a month or so ago where it said, you know, these big corporations are now reworking uh, how people work. They they want them to work at home and because it is safer and less cost for, you know, in-house uh, amenities that you would need to oh, house workers. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, e- even, even cutting down on the physical location that you can run a business out of if you don't need X amount of additional offices to house right. your employees. I mean, what's what's your overhead? Exactly. So, You're saving money that way. Um, you know, I think there's probably a good argument or a good conversation about, like, new industries and that could spawn out of this night, not only because of that, but just because, like, so many of us were just kind of put in a corner, mm-hmm. you know, by by – it's 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 like throwing the the game that you're playing the board game that you're playing on the floor right and the figuring out everywhere. how to continue to play it yeah like you have to continue playing it it's but Jumanji the, it's Jumanji twenty twenty yeah we're just waiting for the rhinos to come busting through the walls I mean at any given moment any given moment I think it's interesting you know I wonder through this because I I'm I'm one of these people it's like an eternal optimist so even in like the bullshit that we are living in right now which is awful I still have this light of hope where I'm thinking you know maybe something to come out of this topic would be hey maybe more natural landscapes are going to come back because you know as the United States we have so much brick and mortar we have so much um square footage of buildings and and mm-hmm. and cities what if when these places go vacant they get torn down and then we garden there again or something like that can happen I mean I mean that's that's a that's a nice thought probably won't yeah. happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know I mean like as you were talking about that, all that's going through my head is the things that we've seen this administration do, you know, mm. bringing back coal, all these talks of just like invading, you know, areas that were already set aside for, for natural right. national parks and natural areas. Um, it was really cool to see the court just like say the South Dakota pipeline is done. Yeah. Like that was, yeah. There's a huge win, That's right? a glimmer of hope. For that conversation. Yes. But otherwise, it looks like, you know, they were trying everything that they could just to get their hands on any of the land that could give them any bit of gain. You know, it's like robbing Peter to pay Paul. 
you know, yeah. kind of a scenario, you know, but worse. Right. You know. Speaking of administration, the last exhibit that you were able to have, your latest book about the border of the United States into Mexico, some of the most gorgeous photography I've ever seen in my life came out oh. of that show. And I think it was, I think it was really excited to see you there. I was was really nice of you to come. I will always come to your shows, (laughs) Uh, mainly because I I really do think that what you showed at that show, Borderlands. Yeah. Because I remember you, the way that it was set up, you had a a map that you gave everyone. I actually still have this in my car. Cool. And you showed everyone kind of a tour of what you saw. And it was almost like you were holding on to something that is slipping away because this was essentially where the wall is going to be built well that's that's how i felt i mean that was that's what brought me out there to begin with like luck i i've been able to travel a a decent amount and i I feel lucky for that and i i I, it's like i leave my heart in little pieces of land across the country and i feel tied to it and when you know i gotta go revisit them from time to time and whenever whenever i heard you know that he was he just Really die hard, you know, <laughs> for trying, trying to, trying to finish this wall. Like right. I, I, I was initially, like, I took him very seriously, and I started thinking about some of those landscapes, and I just, I just took off more or less to go see them, you know, before, before they were interjected with that line, right? And the landscapes changed, and while I was down there, it, it was just like a, a series of unfoldings and revelations that were going on f- for me personally. Realizing really what that border meant and and what what that wall was mm-hmm. and getting more in touch with uh, the peoples and and what it meant to be an American living in those regions there already. Yeah, I actually ended up um, at the end of that first trip with like more more questions than what I figured like I'd I'd got answered. Really, like so, what? Give me an example of a question. Maybe questions not the right word, but just like this this feeling for I think like. Where we live here in St. Louis, mm-hmm. like most of us know, like it doesn't take us to go, it, we don't have to go too far west or southwest before just visibly the land starts changing. Yeah. Um, you get down in uh, Oklahoma, things start becoming red very quickly, starts becoming more of this this desert vibe. And just right here where we're at in, in St. Louis with these deciduous forests and trees and topography, that's really kind of of its own or is a narrative of more what eastern united states is yes we can almost draw a line from here to the border and it's a gradient of topography landscape but also connectivity and i started identifying these other gradients like there's a gradient of language mm. like the closer you get to the border um the more spanish it becomes of, of course right and I know, like, personally, I spent probably a good two-week period in and around small towns where Spanish is the predominant language, right. the first language. I was I was going to grocery stores, going to gas stations, doing the normal stuff that you still have to do. So cool. Whenever you're out on the ro- road, and the first language that you hear is Spanish. And then you walk up to the, the register, and all of a sudden they speak perfect English. Right. And it's like, oh, wow. At least, I mean... That's impressive to me. I love that. I wish I was bilingual. Me too. But, you know, here's people inside of our country that that are operating inside of both 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 spheres. Right. And these are people, I mean, they're 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 Americans just like us. Yeah. 
you know, obviously. And um, I don't like where where we're trying to put this border mm-hmm. wall in. It really has nothing to do. It, it it doesn't make sense or like really fit in whenever you're thinking about a gradient, you right. know, like like that. Well, it almost feels like it's a foreign. It's like you're dividing something that. In my opinion, because I love going to Mexico, mm-hmm. and I, I've I've had uh, amazing times. Obviously, like mostly the tourism places that you go. You know, whenever I get off of the uh, resort, which I always want to do, because yeah. I want yeah. to actually go into town and sure. I want to meet people that live there. And, yeah, glad you do that. Yeah, and because like to me, it's like there's nothing cooler than going and meeting somebody from a different country. I've always had that as a aspiration to meet people from all over the world like it's not offensive to me if somebody speaks a different language or has a different religion or appears different like i to me it's just so interesting it's what makes the world so beautiful is that there's so many layers to it when i think about the wall going up i've never thought it was about this veil of security yeah or War on drugs right. or something like that. You know, especially since we have already seen that people can get under it, over it, however they wish. They, yeah. It's it's a very <laughs> archaic way of uh, securing something. Uh, a bunch of other examples where it, it just didn't, didn't make sense. For instance, Douglas, Arizona, I mm-hmm. believe was the name of the town. Like, if you go there, it's like a string of box stores against the border where you have, like, JCPenney's and McDonald's and Costco and, you know, just, like, all those... All those places to shop yeah. you know, for goods that you can imagine. And you can sit and watch these people come across the border with their shopping carts, mm-hmm. get what they need, and go back go back home. Yeah. They allow that to happen. South of, south of Yuma, I forget what the name of the town, town that this kind of sits around, but it's a real agricultural rural area. And if you go there, you'll see fields full of blue buses where they've brought migrant workers in for the day to work the fields for pennies on the dollar hmm. for agriculture. Like there's this weird, like we still allow it, you know, the, it's the like hypocrisy there, there, there on some level, I can't help from feeling that there's uh, an element of hypocrisy there. Sure. And at the end of the day, like this wall sits there almost like, I mean, it's an icon, you know, more than it is functional. It's it's almost like an artistic sculpture. You yeah, know, you I know, get that. It, it's it's there and it's representative of something. Mm-hmm. And I think to most people that live on the other side of the border, it kind of like represents a big middle finger. Absolutely. Yeah. It really is, Josh. And it's not so much functional as it is as as a symbol for division. Yeah. And it's really disappointing that, on so that many was, layers. That was the takeaway. While you were there, did you feel like it can happen? Like it's going to be this country long thing? Because I saw a lot of your photos. (laughs) I saw like many of your beautiful photos were coastlines of water. Well, it's the Rio Grande. Yeah, where it's impossible to to build a wall there unless you got some heavy drilling. Like the the entire border of Texas and Mexico is is defined by the Rio Grande, Mm. and most of it is. very easy to swim across. It's not like the Mississippi. And there's places where it's literally just like feet wide. Really? The as you get like deeper towards like Big Bend and a little bit more west from there, you'll find companies 
that will take you out rafting on a day. They use it for recreation. Sure. Like, what do you expect? Like, you know, I'm, I'm spending my day floating down this river. Or do I expect to see border guards right. popping up on either side of uh, of of this right. <laughs> you know river from behind bushes standing there with maybe i guess with machine guns yeah. no, I, I, I don't doubt i it. don't think so yeah i don't think so i've actually been on the rio grande Have rafting uh, okay. a trip to new mexico near taos and i i would live in new mexico yeah. right now yeah. i thoroughly found myself out there the my the the temperature the people the mountains and deserts like it was just so gorgeous how many crystals do you have from uh <laughs> i got two <laughs> uh let's see i think i bought a canary quartz and uh, yeah. i brought that home and it's nice. very special to nice me. yeah yeah i collect rocks from places too do you oh sure now how many crystals do you have none none just no, rocks. just just special rocks okay yeah. how do you pick out a special rock? oh they speak to you mm-hmm. you know that's really good. How big, like, what's your biggest one that you've taken home? <laughs> <laughs> I, I brought one home this time that was probably pushing 60 pounds. Goodness. Yeah. That's yeah, a, that pretty, is a special Pretty rock. decent. Yeah, pretty good. Let's shift. I want to talk <laughs> about how you became a photographer and a graphic designer. If that, are those, is it, do you like being called a photographer and a graphic designer? What is sure. your, what do you like to be no, called? I mean, an I artist mean, or? That works. I mean, I'd like to be called an artist, but I mean, at the end of the day, no, I, you know, I mostly do um, things for hire for other people to survive. So I think that makes me a graphic designer, something more in that field. I want to read off some of the, um, things in your portfolio, some of these companies that you've helped make, so, to me, just such cool imagery. Uh, locally, Four Hands Brewery, Pie Pizzeria, 1220 Spirits Origin Gin, Tower Classic Tattoo, among many other tattoo parlors. Lots of tattoo parlors. Organizations as big as the St. Louis Rams. Um, I helped you with an RFT cover you did one you time. Sure did. Uh, St. Louis Magazine, 1057 The Point, bands like Devin Almond's Honey Tribe, The Chicks, Every Time I Die, El Monstero, and local places in St. Louis like Flamingo, Flamingo Bowl and Sump Coffee. Yep. Now, when I look at your list of companies like this that you've helped with, I think, first of all, how do these places find you? Is it just because of the work you had done before and people spread your name? Sure, yeah. Do yeah, you ever always. go out and and um, maybe you have an idea for a brand and you go, I really want to design something for them? Never did that. Really? Nope. And where do you find your inspiration for your type of graphic? Because I think you have a very poignant, um, edgy... Uh, design about you well first off you know I have a history of tattooing I tattooed for like 12 years that forms like all of like my base knowledge for design okay at the end of the day there isn't much different in the conversation with a client for somebody coming in wanting a whatever you know Mm -hmm. a sleeve an individual piece or a back piece right the conversation that you have while you're trying to dig out of what suits them best mm-hmm. is the same. Com- it's the same conversation that you have with a major corporation. You know, if they need a logo or whatever else you're doing, it's it's the same kind of skill set and right. psycho psychology or you know whatever you want to just try to get to the root of um you know what's going to work best for them. Interesting. Um. 
I had um whenever whenever I decided that I wanted to kind of exit um, tattooing, that went hand in hand with. Well, I'll, I'll just put it this way. Um, I bought a camera because you need a you need to make a portfolio mm-hmm. of of the tattoos that you're doing. Right. Right. Yeah. And um, so back then it was a legitimate expense. You know, I knew I was going to be able to write this thing off on my taxes. I always had an interest, and this is pre-digital days. This is you know back in the the yonder days of film. of film. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I was taking just horrible pictures. You know, I couldn't, it just like nothing, you know, it, these things weren't turning out the way that I wanted them to. And it right. just kind of, well, how, how the heck does this work? You know, it just began as one of those, you know, just as a, let's get to the bottom of this and, you know, try, try to figure out how to make a, <laughs> make a good, <laughs> make a good photograph for your portfolio at first. So and, you were actually, um, you were with like a, like a high tech of that time camera where you had to adjust sure an everything. SLR you know that had yeah. independent lenses where you could control you could control your shutter and your f-stop and your ISO you know f-stop. and all that stuff yeah. I haven't thought about an f-stop yeah. since I, I did a photography class in journalism like a camp <laughs> that I did and it was all about the f-stop and oh, it is yeah, all it really it really is the rule of thirds and all that oh forget the rule of, of thirds yeah. <laughs> I'm serious I'm serious so, I hate the roll throughs. Okay, so you kind of just happened upon it because of this tax write-off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, like some some months of, like, walking around with a notebook, you yeah. know, like every single photograph you were taking, like I was writing down, like, the... What were you writing? Well, you know, like, the, this is the shutter, that the speed that I used. Okay. And, like, you know, like... Like the, noting the... Yeah, like the technical, gotcha. you know, things about, you know, what I was trying to get out of this camera and then I get the negatives back and you know kind of you know look and see what what did what and you know what turned out and what didn't it was quite quantitative yeah I guess I <laughs> we're love doing, that we're doing a census <laughs> um and somewhere somewhere around to the year 2000 the shop that I was working at was a very highly productive group of artists and we were all feeding off of each other very well and we had you know it's it's not uncommon you know these days still you know for tattoo artists to get together and you know spend the night watercolor painting or just drawing and doodling and stuff like that we were very much about that and and we were all growing a lot at Mm -hmm. the same time I came out of that situation with um just a stack of what you call flash you know just like functional tattoo designs Mm -hmm. that you know back then um, you know, you would have went into a tattoo shop and picked something and off, pick of something wall. off the wall. Yeah. And um, I started expand. Like I just had this idea. Like in between, what I was doing, you know, my wants for getting out with photography and curiosity of seeing if I could make ends meet on the road. Well, I think I was one of the first people to like just like start dive bombing tattoo shops and selling my art like to other wow. to other studios. Like first regionally, you know, maybe dip yeah. down into Kentucky and Tennessee or up to Chicago or something like that. And then further out. And I discovered that I could spend maybe a week in town and go hit all the tattoo shops and sell flash and I'd have like a pocket full of money, mm-hmm. you know, to be able just to like. Get to the next place. Well, not only get to the next place, but live for a week just out in a national park or something. That's awesome. And practice photography. 
What year was this? Like 2000, 2003. Okay. And those trips just kept going, you know, more and more. And I think the longest I ended up staying out back then was doing that was about three months. Goodness. And on that trip, drove from San Diego to Seattle along the entire, like, western seaboard of the United States just selling designs to tattoo shops and practicing photography. Wow. And um, I just think, I, that to me, that is just so ambitious. That is like one of the most ambitious things that you can do. Well, I think that dovetails back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago about like this time where we're in now, mm-hmm. where for whatever circumstances, like the world's upset the playing field and people are left kind of scrambling for a new way of going about doing things. Right. Um, I guess that's what was going on in my life at that time. So you're quite resilient during this. You, I mean, this. Well, I was thriving. You know, yeah. I loved it. I could, do, I could do it all the time. But I mean, like with, <laughs> with the pandemic, though, these times, like, I mean, did you because of how free and ambitious and you've never had like a home base, it sounds like it sounds like you've always been just, yeah, I can do what I need to do anywhere. Well, I, I'd, I'd had a loft downtown here, St. Louis, you know, for I think I've been there yeah, with yeah, your yeah. cat, <laughs> your cute kitten at the time. Uh Sadly, Kitty has passed, Aww. but but on brings new, new freedoms. Yes. <laughs> I, I seriously started looking into these vans because the cats were something that needed to be considered. Right. And I come across like a group of people online that were traveling with their cats. No way. Yeah. How I did know. that work? Well, I... I don't. I can't imagine that it really did. Oh my god, my cat hates the car. Yeah, mine, mine too. <laughs> But I really wanted to travel, but I had these cats, right? you know, and like you can leave them with people like, you know, dropping off your kids. Yeah, but, but then it's like. Yeah. But but I, <laughs> I, I, I've I had a home base for for a bit, like this this last decade, I, you know, I've, I've had that place downtown, but I gave it up in May last year. Nice. Whenever, whenever it just seemed like, nah, Not for done. You. Yeah. I'm home or I'm gone more than I'm home. And this is ridiculous. Right. And I, I really had the aspirations then. Like, I knew that I was going to, like, undertake something, like, pretty big and ser- pretty serious. And, like, I'm probably not going to be home for months. Why keep this place? You're smart. And just kind of got rid of it. And um, actually, so I, I drove to the top of Alaska. I've, you know? Yes, I was going to ask you about and, Alaska. And was, was gone for that period of time. And, and honestly, like, that money that I saved by not having, by not having the loft. Right. Paid for that entire trip. Oh my gosh! You know, it came out. It came out in the positive, right? Just by letting go of the loft. What did you see while you were in Alaska? Muskox. <laughs> what are wait? What are those? <laughs> <laughs> saw a lot of saw a lot of stuff, of course. Yeah. You know. What was the thing that blew your mind the most about Alaska? Oh man, that northern tundra. Mm. Um. You go up past the Arctic Circle and up over the Brooks Range, and you're left with about 200 miles of, uh, nah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's about 200 miles of just like gravel roads and tundra all the way up to the top of the, top of the state. Is that the loneliest place you felt, or? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, there's, they keep that road in service more or less for, um, I mean, you're constantly getting passed by like big rig trucks. There's people just, you know, over, like, it's ice road truckers kind of thing. Right. 
but um, they they keep it there for for potentially servicing like breaks along the Alaskan pipeline. You know, hmm. about the entire time you're within like at least eye visibility of the pipeline cutting through the landscape. Wow. Yeah. I can't imagine what that looks like. I've never looked at it. It's primordial. Like that. You know, it looks like it looks like just like different planet. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Like I've been to Iceland, I've been to some pretty stark remote places, but there's something it's just so untouched mm. and so vast and and just knowing that there's there's nobody. You know, like you point your finger that way, like, you know, there might be one person within me and a thousand miles from here. Goodness. That freaks me out a little bit. It's kinda of, I mean, you're on land but it's like I guess kinda of like being in the ocean too. Kind of like lost at sea or a something. A little bit. Mm-hmm. I would always love to go visit a place like that, but I feel especially as I've gotten older, my anxiety with feeling like there's no escape yeah. of something like that. I get, I get very weird about that. And so I don't know if I would react well to being that isolated in oh, such a vast, fine. really? Yeah, you'd be fine. Okay. Yeah. I just wonder, did you have to put chains on your tires? Like, no. is no, you Mm-mm. were able to just drive and it wasn't like, like I'm imagine. I have some sort of like Disney book imagination right now. Like, was it just ice and and snow or was it a different time of the year where it wasn't as intense? I, it wasn't as intense. I, I, I strategically did it That's like, it, you know, in the, like the kind of like the warmest that it gets. Yes. And, you know, it was like August, late August, whenever I was up there Okay. and I still woke up. And it was snowing, yeah. you know. Oh, so but neat. but check this out. I mean, I, I saw somebody, like you know, like a like a little Honda, just <laughs> like you know, boop, 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 boop. Yep. yeah, yeah. And I mean, there are like potholes on this road that seem like three foot deep. Oh my god! And people were taking little cars like that. Believe it or not, tons of bicyclists. No, like just every once in a while, you come across like a whole group of people like on mountain bikes hmm. that were just like, you know, this was like on their list of endurance challenges. You know, they were going to conquer the the oil road. Oh my or, god, you know, whatever it was. But there's seriously like polar bears up there. Yeah, and like I saw grizzly bears. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get to see any polar bears, mm-hmm. and I was really, obviously really wanting, yeah. you know, hoping to see some, but. I saw grizzlies. How big and there's, are those? Oh, they're oh grizzlies are big, are and they? especially up there, they're super big. But the thing is, there's nowhere to go. Right. Like it's just like being in an open field with wild animals. Yeah. And you're not gonna outrun them. There's no tree to go up. No. There's nowhere to hide. Right. And you're just like there's a big beast. <laughs> now, see, if I would have seen a grizzly bear, like, my thing would have been, like, what if the car oh. breaks down and, oh, like, you don't have cell service yep. and you've got to climb a bear to get to the next thing? <laughs> like, you know, yep. like, yep. take me to the next town. Like, yep. that freaks me out. But so you were by yourself yep. in the middle of all of this. Sure. When did you decide to turn around? Like, how far in did you go or did you have I went a to the stopping very top. point? Goodness. That was the goal and I was going to do it. Yeah. How did you know where to go? Like, how did you know that that was where you wanted to go? Well, there's only one road. <laughs> you just took it all the way. It's crazy. Like, you leave from Fairbanks and you head north yeah. up there. It's it's like the equivalent of like leaving from here and going to New Orleans. I've done it. But you're yeah, but you're like you're up in Alaska and it's that distance and you're already mid-state. Yeah. At Fairbanks and there's still that much land yet. 
and there's a mountain range in between you that it goes up like 4,000 feet. Goodness. Which isn't much, but coming off a of sea level, it's pretty that's it, considerable. Yeah. You know, like the mountains are higher than that, but that's what the road goes up to. Like the road goes up like 4,000 feet over this, this mountain range. Did you have to have fuel in your van with oh. you? Because um, there were no gas stations? Luckily, no. And luckily because there is all this over-the-road traffic for, for the semi-trucks, mm-hmm. they have camps along the way oh, that, that are set up for the people that work that job as their life. Like, like there's a town up there called Coldfoot. That's a, yeah. There's <laughs> That's two. what my husband calls me. <laughs> Get your feet under Get here, Coldfoot. <laughs> After you pass the Arctic Circle, um, yeah, like things just change. Like there's there's even like there's there's a pull off spot for the last tree. Like the trees stop. Wait a minute. Yeah. A, you the can... trees go from like, you know, like being in like big forest to smaller and smaller to little baby Christmas trees. And there's a last tree. And there's a last like tree. Like a little you can actually like they go, This is the last yeah. tree. I love it. Yeah. That's so up my world right now. <laughs> but before before that happens, you know, there's there's two little towns up there called Coldfoot and Wiseman that are kind of close to each other. And there's a big Coldfoot camp. And <laughs> and I mean people live people live there and you know like there's there's this like conglomerate of buildings, there's a hostel on my way back down like mm-hmm. I I was just so ready for this. Um there's there was a diner where like you know, like people, like cooks are there just just to give some semblance of warmth and home, I you know, homeliness that. to these truckers that choose to do this. Right. Yeah, I was able to like stop and get like a like I think I had like a this pot roast with like meat and potatoes and carrots and stuff. <laughs> I bet it was you know? delicious. It was. I was man oh. ready for that after you know during that trip. Yeah, for sure. What were the people like? Like, give me some. Oh, of the- great temperaments or like was there was there a different language there as well i mean there's you see there's there's still you know there's inuit mm-hmm. you know i don't think eskimo is the right word anymore right but you know there's still just a huge thriving inuit uh population up there and you know people that you see that are obviously mixed and you know just like the the continuation of you know, families that have lived up there for generations and just the ongoing of culture and Yeah. Uh so great. I wish I could I, I I don't know, knock on wood, call me lucky, like everybody's nice everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. And like this this is another thing about that border trip and one of the one of one of the things that like this, this strange curiosity about getting down there because I don't want to believe it. I think there's there's this fear that we're told by the media, mm-hmm. you know that. Well, what? Yeah, what I didn't really finish up about about the borderland stuff or the border. Like, I had this project where, well, with Huck, and talk about Huck for a second. <laughs> me and me and a buddy were making a documentary about all these printmakers in North America that fly under the, the banner of the outlaw printmakers right. and Hawk here in St. Louis is one of them. And, you know, friend for years and the reason why I know all these people, but one of them lives in Mexico mm-hmm. and we've traveled around, we'd traveled around and went to every one of these artist studios, except for the 
dude, Artemio, that lives in Mexico. And there was a fear about going down there. Mm. You keep hearing you're going to end up a head in a ditch. Yeah, you're going to get raped. You're going to get mugged. You're going to get all of that. sold to slavery, all this stuff. Right before I decided to for sure make this border trip, go down there, I was driving in Missouri. I was on, I was heading to like Springfield. Mm-hmm. What's that, 44? 44. That runs mm-hmm. through there? And there was a blinking, flashing sign on the side of the road saying, buckle up. Like 400 some odd people have died this year on this road mm-hmm. from not, you know, like wear, wear your seatbelt. Right. And I was thinking about this project and thinking about there and just like the logic came over me. Like by the same logic that I'm afraid to go to Mexico, I should be deathly afraid of just driving around in Missouri. Yeah, it's very true. You know, like, okay, 12 people died in a horrible way from some cartel war. Right. You know, that happened in Mexico. Something bad happened. Sure. Bad stuff happens everywhere. Absolutely. Obviously, a bunch of bad stuff has happened on this road. Like, a lot more bad yeah. stuff has happened on this road. I live in St. Louis. Yeah. At, like, these, especially the last few years of living downtown, mm-hmm. come summertime, somebody gets killed within a three-block radius of yes. where I was living every week. I know. Like, it's it was awful. constant. And it was just like this moment of revelation of, like... It's everywhere. It's it, it, Well, it, not only is it everywhere... But, like, it's worse. It's actually worse here. I, I and, and like, <laughs> like if you're afraid to go into Mexico, right? And you're not afraid of living where you're living and just driving around your, your state, your logic's backwards. Well, and unfortunately, I will say that the same people who have an judgment about going to Mexico are the same people that say I would never go downtown St. Louis because yeah. they there is this in in a communication studies it's called mean world syndrome mean world syndrome that is the actual communication study term and I always go back to well, that it. sounds like something propagated by by the media and well, not actually how the world really is exactly so what happens is mean world syndrome is what happens when you have a 24-hour news cycle yes. and people that are absorbing most of it from a from a dimension where they only want to believe what is coming out of the box so mm-hmm. like if somebody watches MSNBC only or Fox News only and they're seeing these headlines that are playing into that demographic, chances are they're going to think the world is through that tunnel vision of that mainstream media. And unfortunately, what happens is, and this can happen on a local level too, where, you know, unfortunately in St. Louis, there is crime that happens, but sure. everywhere you go, there can be crime. And what people will say is, oh, I'm never going to St. Louis because <laughs> of the murder. Well, right. Guess what? There's also this amazing stuff that's happening and Mm -hmm. you're missing it because you are so focused on the mean world instead of just the world, which is terrible things happen every day, but beautiful things happen every day as well. Mean world syndrome. It's I wish I could change it. I Yeah, I I think a lot of people are held captive by that and you know, they, they end up putting restraints on the things that they at the end of the day or in their hearts that they want to do or, you know, they're being guided by some internal voice to go do something but let the fear win Yeah, and keep them, keep them from experiencing it. And there is only fear in love. 
<laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. Like people want like a real deep thing. It's not at, actually. It's very. Um, it's very one or two. It's it's you either pick love or fear with ev- literally everything that we choose to believe or choose to do in a daily basis or choose mm-hmm. to love or hate. It's all based around fear or love. It's very psychological, and mm. you know if you really start to think about mm. it, but. Um, well, did you? I, I don't want to interrupt that thought, though. We were talking about a sphere. You you were talking about this sphere. <laughs> we went off on a little oh, tangent. Oh yeah, the the fear. Yeah, the, the fear. No, no sphere. The, sphere. That you were saying that there's a sphere because we were talking about being in Alaska, and then you went back to Borderlands. So essentially, you have you've taken on like the top and bottom essentially of this country. Oh, oh no, I, I, I think I actually meant there, there is this fear. Oh, okay. Not, I'm not, sorry. Not, 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 not a globe or, you know, a float, floating ball or a bubble. I was going into some visualization of my oh, brain. Please, please do. Maybe, you know, <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, I wish I did. I no, would... but you, you would, you would ask like what the people were like, or like, you know, like if you'd run into yeah. you know, anybody and we were talking about Alaska at the time, but, you know, like I've I've really, I've not I've never had a close call or felt like, you know, you know, I was in a bad situation. I, I do I do have a couple of rules. Oh. You know that that I just have to stick by. What are they? Well, you you have to listen to your gut. Mm-hmm. And if you are in a place where something, you know, causes you know just something to come into you like something's off. Mm-hmm. Something doesn't feel right about where I'm at. Right. You leave. Love it. And and I adhere to it like it's my Bible. That's great. Like there's no sticking around. Like you don't stick around to see if you're correct mm-hmm. or if, you know, like, you know, what the thing might be. You just you just listen to it. Your intuition. And you go. I like yep. that. And those happen those happen every once in a while for sure. I have always tried to do that. Mm-hmm. I think especially being a small woman, I'm, you know, if I start feeling something out and I'm going, eh, it's just not sitting right, I nope. do try to get out of that Good. situation. And Good. I've had a knock There's on wood. There's something to that. Yeah, I've had pretty okay times. So. Well, I mean, they they have they have measured that there is a force in between um, knowing whenever somebody's staring at you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's an electricity, or there, oh, yeah. there, you know, there's something there's something that happens whenever you whenever you, you can know, tell about you a can just energy. tell, yeah, yeah. You know, and maybe that plays in too with you know somebody's intentions, right? Or yeah, yeah. I love that. I love hearing that. Um, that is a part of your rule system. It, I mean, it just has to be a rule. You've been to Spain. Sure. You've been to Copenhagen. 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 Is that? Am I saying it wrong? I've never been. Oh, Copenhagen. Oh, Copenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about off of the Americas. Uh, you want to talk? Okay. What about? It's, it's a shame that you can't get out of America right now. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty disgusting. I was uh, actually Huck and I were supposed to be in Italy right now. Like, On a we, vacation with we, each other. Yeah. So it was a romantic <laughs> retreat. We've had it planned for. Long time. I support it. Now he's, <laughs> I, I'm, pr- I'm proud of him, and you know, I think this is a very logical thought because I mean, like so many, so many artists just have this tendency just to burn and burn and burn and burn, and, you know, make and make and make, you know, as long as the the day is long. Mm-hmm. And he had the forethought 
for the project that he was working on, knowing that there was probably going to be just like this little period of time this year where if he wanted any kind of relaxation, this was going to be whenever it happened. So started this conversation around uh, him, I, you know, a couple of other local artists and some people over from Scotland. Um, he's currently working on a project with Peacock Visual Arts over in Aberdeen, Scotland, and the directors and a couple of people associated with that place got in on this plan because he was going to be over there again in May and I was going to be over there with him mm. and um, finishing up like the second part of this three-part series that he's working on. And um, then we were going to go to Italy. Yeah. And just relax, or, really? Yeah, we had this like villa. We were looking at oh my like, God. you know, like close to the Mediterranean where we're just oh. going to chill. And just like, eat. Two weeks of just like chilling oh, and eating I and drinking and like not giving a damn no i don't and, yes. not, and not picking up the phone i love all of it uh, yeah. i would love to be yeah. there too <laughs> and With, then and then this pandemic happened right and ruined everything and for it's now. just now nah, i'm just like left with like a frozen jack's pizza <laughs> and well you know what you could get some you could just have like a mediterranean spread one night you could have like could. basil top and nod mm. just because Little import. I don't know. I mean, that's not the point. I mean, for me, I would have relaxed, but I mean, any reason to get over there, geez, come on. And just to see it. Yeah. Have you ever been to Italy? Only like up in like the Alps region. Gotcha. Yeah, never. You're lucky, Josh. Never, never any south of Genoa. I've only been to London. Okay. And Mexico a few times. What What took you to London? I went for a weekend. Which, oh wow! And I, I did not sleep. <laughs> I guess not. Um, yeah, I guess there was not. a really special price. It was right as I got into college. You're I think probably I, walking around town all night just trying to take just, it in. My eyes were bloodshot. I mean, I literally yeah. slept on the plane there, and then yeah. I slept on the plane back. Hey, some, that's what you got. It was so fun, and I was 19 years old. Sweet. And um, my college, or I'm sorry, my high school English mm. teacher Terry McGee. She asked myself, and then this guy I went to high school with named Dan. He she said, you guys are my yearbook editors and I love you guys. And would you want to go see London? Cause she used to live over there. And so we went and we stayed at this amazing little flat and just took it all in. She knew she goes there twice a year, every year. And so she gave us this amazing tour of everything that we needed to see for one trip and took it all in. And then, um, yeah, I was exhausted when I got home. It was beautiful. <laughs> so, um, but that, you know, I'm 35 now and I, I'm antsy to go back and, and travel at that. Speed well, again. well ho- hopefully we're given the chance to, I hope so. You know, I, I don't blame them for not including us on the list of countries able to come back into the EU. I, I guess we have to take, Kind of seriously, what's what's going on? Right. I mean, they have to protect themselves. Oh, sure, as, sure. You know, everybody does, and I, yeah, we've been quite irresponsible in this country through this. The freedom, our freedom, is not here anymore. This is true. I don't know, but hopefully one day we'll be we'll we'll get it back and we'll be able to Man. see these beautiful places. <laughs> I, I hope so. It's, yeah, uh, it's it's a little disconcerting for sure. Yeah. Well, I love your perspective. I am so happy to see you in person. We were to supposed to do this like months ago, and uh. <laughs> obviously things got pushed back. I want to direct people to your website, Joshua. I always say Rowan. Am I saying your name correctly? Yeah, yeah, do whatever you want. It's, say, it's Rowan. Is it? I want to say, say it correctly. JoshuaRowan.com. Rowan. Yep. 
and Rolling. that's where they can find your photography and your graphic art and just contact you if they ever want to purchase anything <laughs> from you on any level, which I think that they should. And I'm just thank you for your perspective. It's so uh, refreshing to hear your stories. Uh, it, it, it's it's good uh, good to be able to tell them and you know uh, finding somebody that that's that's, that's interested. <laughs> Much love to Josh Rowan for stopping by and telling me all about his stories and his travels. Hopefully that gives you some hope to travel again soon. Even if that's a road trip, man, go out. You know, even if it's an hour away and there's somewhere you can shack up. Airbnb is still open and. Uh, there's all sorts of opportunity out there, even though it may not feel like it all the time. So keep your head up, okay? I will let you know that on August 6th, we will be on time. I will have another uh, dear friend, person that I've gotten to know over the years, who is a massage therapist, but also dabbles in energy healing. And we get into some of the alternative medicines to help you uh, de-stress. So look forward to that. Trying to help us all stay alive one episode at a time. So hopefully it finds you well. And if you're not well, mentally, physically, whatever, uh, reach out to people, you know. Uh, you can always email me, learn at kc95.com. Or you can uh, reach out to your friends and family. They're there for you, even though maybe you haven't seen them in a long time. So keep your head up, all right? And uh, do self-care. That's important. I'll try to do it as well. Talk to you all soon. Peace.